are holding Mida number eight. Yichboish Avoyneseinu, he suppresses our sins. HaKadosh Baruch Hu behaves with this Mida regarding Klal Yisrael. It is the secret of suppression of sin. A mitzvah blossoms upward, breaking through and ascending higher without limit until it enters before Hashem. Averis, though, sins in contrast, are not allowed entrance there. Chas v'shalom. Rather, he suppresses them so they will not enter as it is written, evil will not dwell with you. Evil will not dwell in your dwelling place. Thus, the sin does not enter inside. For this reason, for this reason, mitzvahs are not rewarded in this world because they stand before Hashem. How could Hashem dispense from what is before Him? Spiritual reward in the physical world? All of the pleasures of this world cannot equal the reward of one mitzvah and the satisfaction that is before Hashem. This explains how Hashem does not accept bribery. He does not accept bribery of mitzvahs. For example, Hashem does not say, He did 40 mitzvahs and 10 sins. 30 mitzvahs should remain, and 10 cancels 10. Chas Rather, afilu even if a person is a perfect tzaddik and he doesn't have era, it is if it is as if he had burned the entire Torah. He, he must pay his debt for that sin, after which he is rewarded for all the mitzvahs. This is a great kindness that Hashem does with tzaddikim. Why? It looks like it's very mean. What would you rather have? Your boss tells you you made fifty thousand dollars, but you lost ten thousand. So I'm going to give you forty thousand dollars. You would say that's a good deal. Hashem in His kindness doesn't do that. Right? It seems like, well, I'd much rather He does that. He did 10,000 mitzvahs. He did 1,000 averis. So very simple. Give me schar for 9,000. The pshat is the schar that we're losing for that 1,000 is so huge that we would never really want to have that 1,000 mitzvahs deducted because of the 1,000 averis. Rather, we do tshuva for the averis. And they get knocked away, and then we can get this unbelievable schar for those mitzvahs. This is a great kindness that Hashem does for the tzaddikim, for the righteous. He does not subtract, because mitzvahs are very important. They ascend up before Hashem. How can they be canceled out by sins? The punishment of sin is from a different portion, the portion of Gehenim, despicable. While the reward of mitzvahs is from the honorable radiance of the Shekhinah, how could one cancel out the other? Rather, Hashem punishes for sins and rewards us for all the mitzvahs. This is expressed in the attribute, He suppresses our sins. The sins do not prevail. He pushes them away. You have to deal with that, but they're not in front of Him. The sins do not prevail before Him like mitzvahs do. Rather, He suppresses them. He suppresses them so they should not ascend and enter into His place. Although, although his providence extends over all of man's deeds, both good and bad, even so he does not suppress the good deeds. They ascend high above where they can combine with one another to form a spiritual structure and garment of honor. Sins do not have such a quality. Hashem suppresses them so that they will not have such success and will not enter inside. And this is what we must do. A person must emulate this trait he should not suppress the good that others have done for him and remember only the evil they caused him. To the contrary, he should suppress the harm, forget it, and push it to the side. Let not evil dwell with him.
Instead, the good should be set before him always. He should always remember the good and make it overcome all of the other deeds that the other person did to him. He should not cancel in his heart and say, although he did me a good turn, but he also did to me a bad one, so forget the good as a result. He should not act like that. Rather, he should be appeased for the bad done in whatever way possible and never remove his focus from the good. The good that's done is pure and holy and remains. Let him ignore the bad to the best of his ability, just as Hashem suppresses sins, as I explained. Definition of the Attribute when a person has benefited from someone and then has been harmed by that person, he should forgive the bad that was done. Even if he has the right to sue the person in Besden for the harm, he should not let his anger over the event sit in his heart. Instead, he should let the favors that the person previously did for him in the past stand in the forefront of his mind and focus on the sense of appreciation he should feel for him. What a high level. You should feel appreciation the same way after he did the good for you, you felt appreciation. You should not lower that appreciation, even though he did something else to hurt you. One should not say, true, he has done favors for me in the past, but he also harmed me, so what good are his favors? Rather, he should find some way to forgive the harm, push it out of his mind while remembering the favors, letting them outweigh the harm. By doing so, he awakens Hashem's attribute of, he suppresses our sins, bringing that element of mercy into the world. So when you do something in your little corner of your house, it's affecting the entire universe. When you're able to do this, which is like superhuman, you affect that Hashem gets awakened to deal this way with the whole world. Practical example. A rare moment of quiet descended on Mrs. Simchon's home. She suddenly found herself without anyone shouting, Mommy! and no urgent demand to have a note for school signed or shoe tied. It was the perfect time for a quiet breakfast over the morning newspaper. She went downstairs to the mailbox. To her great dismay, the paper was gone. Someone had taken it and not put it back. Fuming, she trudged back up to her house and searched for something else to read. It was hard for her to forgive the thieving neighbor, whoever it was. That afternoon, her husband came home and found the paper in the mailbox. He brought it home and said, you must have been pretty busy this morning. I see that you didn't even have time to bring in the paper. There was no paper to bring home, she cried bitterly. Someone took it from the mailbox. I don't think so, said her husband. The delivery boy must have come late today. Mrs. Simchon was still not convinced. Still, it was easier to think that way than to start fighting with an anonymous neighbor. The next day, the event repeated itself, but this time, the mysterious neighbor was not quite as careful. He returned the paper to the mailbox crumbled up. Mrs. Simcoe frowned angrily. She then put a sign on her mailbox that read, Do not take the newspaper. Whoever does is a thief. The following morning, the neighbor saw the sign and was apparently taken aback. Still, his Yetzirah got the best of him. Instead of taking Mrs. Simcoe's newspaper home, he stood there in the lobby of the building next to the mailboxes and read it over there. When Mrs. Simcoe came down the steps, she couldn't believe her eyes. It was none other than Rabbi Weiss. I always thought he was such a special person, so devoted to Torah and mitzvahs. His daughters are fine and well-raised and always doing favors for people. His wife was a source of guidance and a good advice for Mrs. Simchon. And now, here he was, caught red-handed. At last, she had seen through his disguise. Rabbi Weiss was nothing better than a lowly newspaper thief. Mrs. Simchon stomped angrily up the stairs without her newspaper again. Again, she ate her breakfast without the latest news. When her husband came home that afternoon, 
The dam broke, and all her anger and disappointment came rushing out. It's so awful. I just can't believe it. I thought he was such a good person. You just can't tell anything about anyone these days. So what if he does favors for people? So what if his daughters babysit for us every once in a while? What good are all those favors if he can stoop to taking other people's newspapers without permission? Mr. Simchon was silent throughout her whole tirade. Instead of answering his wife's complaints, he quietly helped her feed the children dinner. Later, when he saw that she calmed down, he said, I think I'll go talk to Rabbi Weiss now. Maybe we should offer to switch. You can read the newspaper over breakfast in the morning, and he can borrow it in the afternoon. She smiled bitterly. It's not just the paper. It's the disappointment. A person that we thought was so nice, so righteous, is just a... a I don't even want to say it. It makes me lose my faith in human nature. Why be so disappointed, asked her husband. He still does good deeds and does good favors for people. You were just saying how much his family helped us. Yeah, but without any buts, he interrupted. It wasn't nice of him to take the paper, and I will talk to him about it. I hope that it won't be too hard to find a solution. But still, this is no reason to forget about all the good things he has done for us in the past. He still is a good person, even though he slipped this time. We owe him a debt of gratitude, which we will continue showing him, paper or no paper. After all, are we perfect? Do we never make mistakes or do anything wrong? Imagine what would happen if for every Avera we did, Hashem would erase the merit of all the mitzvahs that we have done. Mrs. Simcho nodded her agreement. How was it that her husband was always right? Obviously a fake story. (laughs) Source of the attribute. When we look... When we overlook the harm we suffered from others, and we remember instead the favors they have done, Hashem acts likewise. He suppresses our sins so that they will not ascend above and sets our merit to stand before Him always. Remember that when you use this midah, please email me the situation and what you did so we can go ahead and share it with everybody and make it become practical. Email me at twistedparenting at aol.com. This is Avi Fischoff from Twisted Parenting. To be added to my broadcast, please send a WhatsApp request to 718-902-6666.